And now, for your feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, but five, force five. Happy holidays, listeners. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I am your host, ex-video store clerk, undiscovered screenwriter, and fellow listener, Jason Kleberg. And if this is your first time here, Force 5 is a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie-themed top five list, and then we reveal our picks on air. Now, there are a number of films that people watch during the holiday season every year. Films like It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, A Charlie Brown Christmas, one of my personal favorites, and so many more are family favorites that get people together in front of the tree, in front of the fire, and just enjoy a film with their family. And there's several that I have. Die Hard, for example. Okay, my kid's not watching Die Hard with me, but I force my wife every year to watch Die Hard with me. Christmas Vacation is another one that I have to watch every holiday season, which I'm going to be discussing on Soundtracker soon, so make sure to go check that out. But there's also some that I rotate through that might not be that well-known. And I might not watch them every year, but I try to watch them at least every couple of years. And that's why I brought J.P. Sorrow from the Lapsed Fan back on to hang out with me tonight. We're going to talk about some of those underrated Christmas films that should be added to your list this season. Before we get to the boss, let's talk about the last show. Oriana Nudo from Hollywoodography joined me last time to talk top five boxing movies. And of course, we left off a few, so we left it to the internet to tell us what we missed. Not in the top five. Did they get it right? Excuse my language. Okay. Hell no. <laughs> I can't believe. Who, who made that list? Who made that? That's blasphemous. Don't look at me. That's blasphemous. I went to Facebook, I went to Twitter, I went to Reddit. Twitter had a very surprisingly low response to this topic, but Reddit came in in the clutch. And uh, so here are some of those responses. Random O said Cinderella Man and not boxing, but MMA's warrior as well. Meaty Hands 999 said Gladiator, not the Russell Crowe one, and Digstown. And then somebody else says Digstown as well. They said Lou Gossett Jr. and James Woods are brilliant in it. The Lady Eve said Requiem for a Heavyweight. Feisty Analysis seconded Requiem for a Heavyweight and also added Fat City. QLE 814 said The Harder They Fall. I read it for Dog Picks said Crying Fist, which I've never heard of. Paul Jeremiah said The Greatest Boxing Film Ever is When We Were Kings. And then finally Paper Zoe, Paper Zoe said uh, When We Were Kings as well and they added Body and Soul. If you want to get in on the action, if you want to get your comment read on the air, I post this question after every show before I record this show to get your feedback at Force5Pod on Twitter, at Force5Podcast on Instagram, and on the Cinematics Facebook page as well. Now, since the last time I talked to you, I've seen a few films. I also finished up a couple of series. Quick shout out to the second season of HBO's The White Lotus, which was amazing. Loved it. I uh, also watched a couple things that you're only going to see reviews for on the Patreon feed, including Vinegar Syndrome's newest 4K releases, Freeway from 1996, starring Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. I highly recommend you listen to that review. And Invisible Maniac from 1990, which will be up next week. And the brand new film, A Wounded Fawn, as well. I'm going to have a review for that. Today, though, I'd like to review a very underseen film that is a great watch while it's cold outside, 2014's Black Mountain Side. A week ago, we began unearthing a large object that we think is the home of the structure that goes down really far. This is the real deal, and we're looking at one of the biggest finds in the past century. 
The crew will be remembered. Mm-hmm. The greatest archaeological find possibly ever. Yeah, right. I like the sound of that. There Cheers. it is. Gentlemen. Still feel like shit, eh? Yeah. Even feeling progressively worse throughout the week? Yeah. Now, when December comes around, I think I mentioned this last episode when I talked about Runaway Train, I find myself in a very specific mood for films. Now, I don't get snow here in the Bay Area, but I'm looking for something that transports me to a colder climate, something that gives me those winter chills. Sometimes they're Christmas movies, other times they're just films set in the snow. Runaway Train hit that spot. Films like Wind River or Wind Chill. These are just things that I like to watch during the winter. And I was doing a little research on snow-filled films for a list that didn't end up happening a while back. And I stumbled upon, I'm going to try to say this name, but Nick Sostakiewski's film Black Mountainside from 2014. This film is about the northernmost research outpost in the Canadian wilderness. As the film opens, we have this guy named Professor Olson. He's landing via helicopter at the desolate research station. He's there to document the outpost's progress. Well, the crew there are hoping to impress him enough to gain more funding to complete this archaeological dig. See, this research outpost is unearthing an ancient structure that's been buried beneath sediment and ice dating back approximately 14,000 years. It's a discovery that could be one of the most important archaeological finds in history. However, as they continue excavating the material around the structure, strange things start happening. First, they find an animal skinned at the base of the structure. And then the site's three native workers just kind of leave in the middle of the night, which is essentially suicide because their tribal village is a nine-hour walk through the snow. And in temperatures around negative 50 degrees, it's essentially a death march. Then somebody in the crew gets incredibly ill, the communication equipment stops transmitting, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Soon, most of the scientists and crew start experiencing strange psychological effects that put everybody in danger. The all-Canadian cast here is remarkable. I didn't know who any of them were going in, but I quickly researched them afterwards to see what else they've been in. It's really interesting seeing them go from a state of kind of... um. It's weird to say this, but excited boredom to being driven mad, essentially. Performances probably helped by the fact that the actors actually lived in the cabins during the shoot without internet or cell phone service. Standouts here include Shane Twerden as Jensen, the site boss who's just trying to keep everything together. Michael Dixon as Professor Piers Olsen, who's kind of the audience surrogate here, who's seeing the camp fall apart as an outsider. And a guy named Mark Anthony Williams as Giles, the worker supervisor, a normally calm and collected man who slowly starts to lose it. The film is impeccably made. It looks great. There's gore here. It's sparse, but it's very well done when it does happen. All looks like it's done practically, which adds a layer of realism that I happen to love. And the sound, the sound design on this film needs to be commended. There's no score instead relying solely on the sounds of the wilderness and the wind to create this bone-chilling audible atmosphere. Black Mountain Side debuted at Fantasia International Film Festival in 2014 and was named Best Horror Film by the critics at Cult Montreal. It also won Best Feature at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in 2015 and won a few cinematography awards, which, not surprising, the film looks gorgeous. The Desolate Paranoia feels like a clear nod to The Thing, which I've often said is one of my favorite films of all time, and it's definitely my favorite Arctic horror ever made. I think this is an admirable homage. There were some aspects of the goings-on that I didn't quite connect with. I'm not going to talk about those at length because I think it's worth seeing and worth going in pretty blind for. I'll just say that there's a possible explanation hinted at by Professor Olson late in the film that seemed like a good answer for what was happening. 
but there's something happening very similarly to several of the crew members that suggests it's something else. And I thought that kind of cheapened the experience a bit for me, but again, don't let that deter you. I really love the film overall. I highly recommend seeing it, especially if you're looking for something chilly this winter. Now, how to watch it? Well, this film is inexplicably not on Blu-ray, but was released on DVD, and that disc now appears to be out of print. So I was able to watch the film on Amazon Prime through their service called Freevee, which unfortunately has ads. It's the only way I could find to watch it. I can't even figure out much information on the Black Mountainside DVD, so I'm not even 100% sure what the special features are, although Best Buy's unavailable listing does mention a director's commentary, which I would love to hear, but I can't find the disc. It's I don't want to buy a DVD in this day and age. Get me a Blu-ray. It seems like an easy feature for a boutique label like Scream Factory to pick up. I'm sure there's a market for it. Um, so if you yeah if if you want to see this movie, you got to see it on Amazon Prime, or I guess find the DVD used secondhand. If you find it, let me know. All right, before we get to today's sponsor, if you're not a Force 5 Patreon supporter yet, go sign up. This month we had the Christian Bale draft, which you can vote on even if you're not a Patreon subscriber, but their votes always count more. And if you listen, you'll hear the reasoning behind the picks, which I think is really important. There are also exclusive reviews and other bonus shows on the feed, and you can get all of that for just five bucks a month. This month, we added a new executive producer to the show. Welcome Carlos Mota into the F5 fold. Thank you so much for supporting. Speaking of supporting, we've got to talk about today's sponsor, Monstropolis Motors Company and their new vehicle shipping now just in time for Christmas, the behemoth. The behemoth is ready to take anything you can drive it at, and it features contortion bar suspension, tremble torque transmission, lock nest brakes, an energy efficient scare conditioner, and of course, dual cup holders that come standard on any Monstropolis Motors Company ride. Head to wherever fine motor vehicles are sold in your area and ask for a test drive, because nothing rides like a behemoth. I'll be pretty impressed if anybody can figure out what this ad is referring to. Let's get to J.P. Sorrow to talk underrated Christmas films. Welcome back to the Force 5 podcast, and welcome back to our returning guest, the one, the only, J.P. Sorrow. In addition to his many roles in commercials, TV shows, live theater, he co-hosts the only non-film podcast I listen to religiously, the Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. JP, happy holidays, my friend. Hey, same to you, my friend. This is a treat. This is a real treat. I, I'm, I'm so happy uh, and I feel honored that you uh, invited me back to do this. I'm so excited to have you on for the Christmas episode. Um, and we'll get into some Christmas stuff here in a second. But just so listeners know, the Lapsed Fan Podcast has only gotten better since the last time you were on. Uh, I'm currently working my way through your Black Saturday coverage as we record this, which has left me with some very awkward situations because I think I told you last time my wife's an event planner. Yes. And yes. So sometimes when I'm setting up events, like I'll have my headphones and I'll be listening to you guys. And every time she looks at me, she's like, what the fuck are you laughing at? Yes. And I, I have to try to explain Ole Anderson to her. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> and I, and I, it's oh, impossible. I don't even try to explain that to my wife. I'm like, nope. You know what? There's no point. Not, it's like it's, it's done. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Oli, Oli's explaining why he let go of Hulk Hogan, and she just looks at me like, why did I marry you? Yeah, and- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
Oh, uh, you know what you gotta do. You see, you gotta you, you gotta find a way. I, I'll tell you, one of the one of the greatest things I heard was um, we got an email about somebody about a guy who um, uh, uh, trying to. They were on a long road trip. He was on a long road trip with his wife, and he wanted to to. I was like, that's what he listens to us when he goes on long road trips because you know we do long ass shows of course so he he was trying to find a way to kind of like ease her into it but and so so instead he did one of the cinemat episodes that we did last year on on um uh i know what you did last summer and just that that kind of like able to ease her into it a little bit so they could have something to listen to for a long ride but i was I like Jack was reading this email and I was literally I was just dying. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. I love I love when I love when the spouses get involved or the significant others or whatever. Oh, I try. I try to involve her. In she, some way. Even I mean, to me, what you're telling me is her involvement in it. And I and and that I I think is hilarious. I feel I feel bad for all the wives and the husbands and the whatevers and the significant others. Like it's it's I, I can't imagine that it's fun watching somebody else listen to us and and not being able to get a satisfactory answer as to what's so funny. Side note, do you think that the Anderson brothers all get together at Christmas and like put the couch cushions on the floor and just have a match in the living room? I would hope so. I would hope especially especially at this age. I hope to God that they do that they do that. Just an eighty year old Ole Anderson getting taken down by Arn. <laughs> and he's just yelling, he's he's yelling what are you doing I'm just yelling yelling at at uh at arn for you know doing a doing a move that wouldn't sell out a house <laughs> oh we can only hope jeez i know right why do you think and this is another wrestling question uh hey. why do you think there aren't any yearly christmas themed pay-per-views like there's bash the beach for the summer and there's there's like all kinds of halloween ones but there's never been like a yearly christmas themed pay-per-view why do you think that is the only one was the ECW one, the uh, December to Dismember, I think it was. Yeah, they had that one but, a couple times. Yeah, and then uh, they did have an In Your House, Seasons Beatings. Oh, um, yeah, with Bulldog. But, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that was, was it the Bulldog one with Bulldog and Brady? I think, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it kind of, it, it is a kind of a shame they could have so much fun with that. I mean, I know they do it on the TV shows and, and whatnot, but I, yeah, it is a shame that they don't do it with like an actual pay-per-view. I, I think that's, I think to me, that's an easy sell for anything. If you have a pay-per-view that is based on a holiday, people are going to go for it. Yeah. In a heartbeat. And, and it, it, it is disappointing that they don't do that. They want, they, I mean, maybe they will now, maybe under this new regime of triple H, they'll, uh, they might do something more holiday related. I hope so. I hope so. Now, over on the Laughs Fan, you've always had a Christmas special. This year's promises to be just as good. For listeners uh, who can go back right now and listen to last year's Christmas episode, what movie did you do last year? Um, I, did we, I don't think we did a movie last year. Last year, what did we do? Oh, Home Alone was the year before last. Home Alone 2 was the year before. Usually, I'll be on, I, usually I have to do two years in between. Because um, that's kind of like a, a project that I spearhead is doing these these radio plays of of Christmas movies with the um, with the our, our our lapsed wrestling and sometimes not wrestling voices and uh, yeah uh, it's a it's a process because it's literally I have to find 
uh, um, an editable version of the script. <laughs> yeah. You know, the actual movie script. Cause I'm like, okay, it's just, I got to break it down and I got to, I got to take out all the scene directions and kind of rewrite, rewrite some narration for stuff that we can't emphasize with sound effects. And then also add in stuff that our lapsed characters are going to play based on who I cast in which role. And it's, it is, it is, it is a long, long process. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. It's, it's, which is why I kind of like, I like every other, I'm like, I've, I've realized I got to take a break. <laughs> you know, I do want them like <laughs> three years, you know, I mean, cause it's not like it's a long process, but it's like, uh, you know, once you start, I mean, I, I've been working, I'm not going to say what it is. Like it's, it's a big surprise, but um, I'll just say I've been working on this year's since August. Oh my. And you know, and, and it's going to go up until probably a week or two before it drops. So, but then we're all, we are having our, 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 our main that's our that's our surprise show but then we are having our our christmas show where where people have been giving us have been mailing us gifts for the past year actually yeah (laughs) 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 oh your copy of body slam is on the way on blu-ray love it love it that's what i want to hear jp you have any uh holiday traditions that center around movies or tv in your house i do i i have a whole list of christmas movies that i try to get through as best i can as as i've gotten older i've realized you know what you you really shouldn't be stressing over watching 50 movies by the time (laughs) christmas rolls around like you know you have a family uh you know you've got things to do you get (laughs) you have responsibilities pal so like you know but i definitely have there's a list of movies that i try to that i that i watch for sure especially like the main event movies um uh christmas vacation sure uh the um uh christmas carol with alistair sim is my is one of my my favorite version of a christmas carol um from i think 1951 um then christmas story is a main eventer christmas is a main eventer and there's one more and i can't think of it die hard oh god well, Die Hard's definitely, but like the week, Die Hard can kind of be anywhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sure. Die Hard is definitely there. Both Die Hard, but the first two Die Hards, for sure, are up there. Uh, Elf, um, it's, it's very, it's a very large list. Because I do have, I have, my, I have criteria for a Christmas movie. I have very, very strict criteria for what constitutes a christmas movie okay and people might people disagree with this it's definitely gotten a little um you know uh uh i've gotten some feedback some flack for it but it's got a i mean the obvious one there needs to be a good portion a at least a good chunk of the movie needs to take place during the christmas season that's sure. number one yep number two there needs to be christmas decorations Mm-hmm. Christmas decorations visibly in in the frame needs to happen, or at least it needs to have like two or two of these three things, and then Christmas songs played either on the soundtrack or as um, ambient sound throughout the film. Okay, yeah, Those I can see that. And it's a winner, and so that does that. You know, a lot of people would not agree with my selection of Christmas movies. I think my the only thing I'd add in there is that I think of a Christmas movie as it wouldn't happen the same way if Christmas was taken out of it. 
Like, that is true. For me, Lethal Weapon is not necessarily a Christmas movie because if you took Christmas out of it, it would still be the same movie. But Die Hard, for example, is because they're having a holiday party and Christmas is the reason everybody's in that tower. And and if you ever listen to, if you ever search up a thing um, that John McTiernan did, uh, he he, there's an interview on, on YouTube somewhere where he actually gives the reasons why it's a Christmas movie. He gives a whole list of reasons that, so it's not even like it was people, you know, have, have tried to squeeze it in, but they're, he made it as a Christmas movie. Hey, so he's the director. So he wins. Yeah, he's the boss. So, you know, I'm, I'm listening to him. I got a couple of traditions. Uh, whenever we're decorating our tree, my wife and I will try to find the worst possible looking Christmas movie and put it on in the background for jokes. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Uh, this That's year, awful. we found one. It's called Married, Have a Married Christmas. And on the cover, it has a man, a woman, and then a llama wearing a Santa hat in the middle. So, Oh, I, that's spectacular. Yeah, I've, I have no idea what we're in for. And then on Christmas Eve, for some reason, we always just watch old uh, Christmas TV episodes. So, like, you know, Roseanne episodes or uh, Cheers or whatever. Yep. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, just I some that. fun traditions there. Now, there, like you said, you you talked about the heavy hitters, uh, your Christmas stories, Christmas vacations, the diehards. Yeah. These things are staples for so many families around the holidays. But tonight, you and I, we're going to be talking about some holiday films that need a little bit more exposure. Uh, yes. So, JP, you ready to talk some underrated holiday films? I absolutely am. You know what's going to happen? All right, my friend. Uh, do you want to go first on this one and hit us with your number five? All right, I will. Um, number five, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight is hugely entertaining. More thrills, spills, death-defying stunts than any other film I've seen this year, says Liz Smith. Score! Gene Siskel calls it action-packed, smart, and funny. Yeah, this is a real big bet. This ain't no ham or rat, pal. And Rolling Stone says it's super sexy and action-charged. Gina Davis. Cheers. Samuel L. Jackson. Nobody move! The Long Kiss Goodnight, rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. It's one of my, so I have a, I have a Shane Black quadrilogy that I watch every year. I'm not going to name them just now because, you know, one of them, another one's on the list. Okay. But um, it is, yeah, I, I, The Long Kiss Goodnight, I, I, <laughs> I've seen it a thousand times and it's one, it's a movie that obviously so dated. It's so a piece of the 90s. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you can't get away from that. But. I get I like it more and more and more. And I don't like Rennie Harlan as a director. I do not like him. It actually hurts me that I have two movies of his on my Christmas list every year. <laughs> like it it, it it pains me. Uh, because I think he is the worst. But I this movie just gets better every time. And and the the big reason, Sam Jackson. Easy. Sure. Easily. And he said, he has said, have you heard this? That he has said that that's his favorite role. Really? Ever. Yep. Yep. He he just loves how how kind of honest he is and how wacky he is and just you know there's there's so many dimensions to his his corrupt private eye character. And he yeah he said I forget what talk show he said it's on some late night talk show. This is this is also uh, like 
I, I don't normally like Gina Davis, but I really like her in this movie as both Samantha and Charlie. I remember, yeah, right. I remember when I was a kid, um, I'm a kid, came out like 97 or whatever. So I was 16 when the movie came out. And I was, I remember seeing the trailers and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it looks so stupid. Like I, I had a real issue because I grew up watching Gina Davis in like Beetlejuice and uh, Tootsie and those, in th- those types of roles that to see her kind of go in this really punk rock, edgy, bizarre action movie i felt very uncomfortable as a 16 year old and i was like i don't want to watch it just seems so weird i could see that you know but now i love it yeah this is a great movie it it also has a the climax of the movie has one of the biggest explosions you'll ever see on screen like ridiculously big explosion blow up a whole bridge it's nuts and the supporting cast is ridiculous too from um oh yeah uh, uh, brian um oh god i can't brian cox brian cox thank you Brian Cox and uh, um, I know all these guys' names. Even the bad guy. The bad guy is great, and I can't think of his name. There's a uh, Craig, Craig Bierko. Um, there it is. Thank you, Craig Bierko. Um, David Morse is another another good one. Morse, it's great. It's like a great, like a really an all star supporting cast of kind of a list that guys. Yep. You know, and it's great. I love it. I do too. That's what chefs do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, we're going to go a, a little bit lighter for my number five here. My number five is from 2015. It is a movie called The Night Before. I'm having a pretty crazy night. I'm going to level with you. I'm a little messed up right now. What are you doing? Just talking to those guys. You have dogs. <laughs> This is our last Christmas together before Isaac has a baby. So let's make it the best night of our life. Hey, you don't steal on Christmas. That's not right. She home alone to me. How wasted are you? Don't you dare throw up. Is it still happening? It's still happening. Night before. Rated R. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a really great comedy movie. I think it's super underrated. It's written and directed by Jonathan Levine, who did All the Boys Loved Mandy Lane and then 50-50. So the the story of the night before is uh, 2001, December, this kid Ethan's parents die in a car accident. And then since that day, his two best friends, Isaac and Chris, have made it a tradition to spend every Christmas with him so he won't be alone. And the movie takes place in in, uh, 2015. And this is going to be their last one because Chris is a famous football player. Um, He's played by Anthony Mackie. And uh, the other guy, Isaac, is having a baby. He's he's got a family, so it's like, well, you know, I got to spend Christmas with my own family now, or Hanukkah in in his world. And uh, so this is going to be their last time. So they make it their goal to get into as much shit as possible and get into the invite only, super exclusive Nutcracker Ball Christmas party. This movie, though, like you watch it in 2015, and then you watch it now. You, you're going to see so many faces in this movie that might not have been like uh, household names for you then. But now, I mean, aside from those three guys, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, you got Lizzie Kaplan, Jillian Bell, Mindy Kaling, Michael Shannon has a small role, Nathan Fielder from uh, Nathan For You and, and The Rehearsal, Randall Parks in there, Jason Manzukis, just like amazing people in there. And because they're so, it's packed with comedians, the movie's really funny, but it also has like a surprising amount of heart, I think, based around like the friendship these guys have. Yeah. 
Um, if you're not into these guys and their comedic style, it's probably not going to be for you. But Jonathan Levine basically said he, he during filming, he brought everybody in with a page that only outlined the dramatic stuff. And then he let the actors build the comedy in each scene wow. themselves, which is that's brilliant. It is because these guys are really, really funny and it shows on screen. Yeah. Um, and if if you're uh, Jewish and, and you want Hanukkah represented in your movies, this has that as well. That um, I, I remember I, I wanted to see that when it came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I, I saw it. Uh, a friend of mine, got, I think a friend of mine gave me his digital, his iTunes copy. Oh, cool. Movie. I have a friend who does that. It's, so it's probably my, 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 uh, my greatest surprise every time is when my friend texts me a picture and it is a new code of a movie. <laughs> he just doesn't use the digital codes. He just, he watches the, his Blu-rays and 4K discs. So I'm like, oh, gladly take, you know, give me digital codes, man. I'll take them. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, uh, and I, so I, I remember the first time I watched it and I was like, I, I don't think the movie got good reviews or anything like that. And I was like, this is great. This is a fun, real Christmas movie. Yeah, you know? it's, it's or a really fun time. Really fun time. It is fun. And the, the drama isn't, it isn't awful. It isn't, it doesn't take away from the movie. It doesn't stop the movie. It, it, it really enhances uh, uh, everything that's going on. I, I thought, I, I, when they do the when he says when Anthony Mackie says that uh, he got home alone, I I'm like that's just money. Yeah, it won me over right there. Yep. I also I love the scene too where he, uh, Seth Rogen's wife gives him an early Christmas present. And it's just full of drugs. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> going to have the best time. Well, that I mean I was like that is absolutely hilarious. The night before my number five, uh, a strong number five. What do you got to, at uh, number four? Um. Well, now you got me thinking too, because I was like, I actually was like, oh, I forgot one that I should put down. Ooh. I'm just going to mention it. <laughs> well, we're going to have an honorable mention section at the end. All right, great. Then we'll do that. No, perfect. Then I'll, I'll I'll save it for that. Uh, enemy of the state. How did you happen to be at Ruby's today? I was shopping for some lingerie. Buying that for your wife? No, I was uh, picking something up for myself. I do a little cross-dressing on the weekends. We're including Sir Jerry Bruckheimer. We think Mr. Zavitz may have passed sensitive materials to you. And director Tony Scott. No, oh, he, he didn't pass me anything. Will Smith, Gene Hackman. This Thanksgiving, the enemy is everywhere. Enemy of the state. What's happening? I blew up the building. What? Because you made a phone call. Rated R starts Friday, November 20th. Oh shit! I forgot this was a Christmas movie. Enemy of the State. It's uh, it's Will Smith, Gene Hackman. Will Smith is a lawyer who gets handed a random package of uh, by uh, an old college buddy. It turns out to be uh, evidence against you know evidence of a of a senator getting killed by a river that the guy happened to film, and then all of a sudden this whole like NSA type crew starts hunting down and ruining will smith's life and it's 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 uh it's directed by tony scott it's vintage tony scott oh yeah every like half the movie is filmed during magic hour (laughs) (laughs) it's got crazy little flashes and it's just it's so uh, yeah it's a fun movie it's not a i wouldn't say it's a great movie but it's one that it's I would call it one of my opening to mid-card matches uh, or movies that I watch during the Christmas season. It's like if I've, you know, kind of, you know, I'm not ready for, you know, the real good ones yet. If it's just right after Thanksgiving, yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw any of the state in. 
into the mix. And I, I think people forget about it. I think people don't, it's a, it's a fun thriller and I don't think it's too, I mean, it's dated in certain ways for sure, but I don't think it's, I don't think it loses its impact. I mean, especially, you know, in like the today's world of, of identity theft and, and, um, you know, getting constantly monitored by the, by the government and whatever, you know, it, this plays into that. It's still, it's still got some relevant issues, even though, even, even though the technology has certainly surpassed what they, what they're using in the film. Sure. Uh, and you'll have to remind me because it has been a long time since I've seen this. Oh, sure. Uh, I remember that it had an amazing uh, cast of like, yes, just, uh, I watched it because Jason Lee was in it, believe it or not. He was in yeah, it for like yeah. five seconds, but I was a big fan of him, but it also has like Barry Pepper, Jake Busey. And uh, uh, the Scott Kahn's in it. <laughs> yeah, You get both Jamie Kennedy and um, Seth Green, who I've always kind of like, I've always thought of Jamie Kennedy as the, as like Seth Green's stunt double the kirkland brand seth green yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so i was like i think this is weird like the two of them are actually in this movie together and uh oh uh tom sizemore's in it oh like, yeah extremely overweight greasy gangster uh not to mention john voight john voight's in it and uh yeah, it's a great cat and what's her name oh Jeez, the she just won she won an Oscar a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, Regina, Regina King. King, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and uh, uh, what's her name from the Cosby Show too? Um, Lisa Bonet. Oh, what a what a cast! Jack Black. Do we mention him? Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black. Jack Black. Again, a lot of these people before they were what they what they you know what we know them for. Jack Black wasn't really Jack Black yet. Yeah, yeah, true. He was like just the guy that got his arm blown off in the Jackal. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, this takes place in christmas i totally forgot that yeah yeah i did for a long time too i did for a long time too and uh then i was i watched it one summer i was like oh my god this takes place at christmas he's buying her christmas presents mm. this there's music there's this this is it this is a the whole movie takes place you know in one week to, in the christmas season i was like this is it it's in counts all right that's uh enemy of the state i'm gonna have to rewatch that this year because i meant to rewatch it because i just recorded the uh top five conspiracy films episode and uh this didn't make the list but i, I was thinking of rewatching it for that and now i got a good excuse to do so exactly exactly and you know it's fun to see will smith before he's hitting people like chris rock in public. <laughs> you know? it's always fun to see him doing that speaking of things that are always fun to see uh my number four here I mean, what, JP, what's a holiday season without a little bit of Nicolas Cage? Oh, boy. But it's not the Nicolas Cage movie that most people think of when they think of Christmas movie. They think of The Family Man. Yeah. With Nicolas Cage. But that's not it. No, I'm going back to 1994 here for a movie called Trapped in Paradise. Meet the Furpo brothers. Bill. I'm the bank! The brains of the bunch. The, the bank is across the street. Dave. Ah! The brains of the bunch. Get your hands up! And Alvin. Then they four left. The brains of the bunch. Four left! And that's dark on you, idiot! Are you sure? Is it any wonder they're trapped in paradise? They didn't have a shred of evidence except for our fingerprints. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, December 2nd at theaters. Are you familiar with this one? Not at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is written and directed by George Gallo, who wrote Brian De Palma's Wise Guys, and he did um, Midnight Run. He wrote Midnight Run. 
So yeah, I know. Yeah, him, yeah, you got some pedigree here, but this is a very silly crime comedy that takes place oh, on yeah. Christmas. It's it's probably coming back to you now that I'm I'm going to tell you who the the stars are here. Um, so it's it's about this family, and two of the brothers, Alvin and Dave, played by Dana Carvey, doing his best like Sam Rockwell impression. I I feel like aside from his voice, and then John Lovitz plays the other guy. They are getting out of jail. And or they're getting out of prison. They're on per, early parole. And so they go to see their younger brother, Bill, played by Nicolas Cage. And they ask Bill to take him to this very small town of Paradise, Pennsylvania, under the guise of doing a favor for another inmate. But when they get to this small town, Bill realizes they've taken him there to rob a bank. Oh. And then because of the, the town that they're in, this like real small town thing. Everything is a disaster, but they're not immediately taken in by authorities. So they've got to like kind of try to survive and get out of this small town. And it's it's not a high art movie. I'm going to tell you that up front. But if you look this film up on Rotten Tomatoes, it's five percent. Oh <laughs> okay, God. it is five percent. It's a much better movie than five out of a hundred people like in this movie. Well, I'll say when it comes and when it comes to like Christmas movies too or holiday themed movies, it that that alone adds something to it oh yeah where you're not like this isn't you know this is i i watch a lot of bad movies at christmas time because they qualify and i love them like they're not even i don't care i i i thoroughly enjoy them you know and i i totally can get that i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that this year you should and dana carvey is kind of bad in this movie he's doing some weird uh voice that sounds like a mixture of adam sandler and uh a mouse <laughs> but <laughs> if you like i've never really been a fan of dana carvey in the like wayne's world's the only thing i've ever liked him in yeah. but yeah. it's more than made up for by nicholas cage who's doing great work as he always does and you you get those crazy cage breakouts i'm not oh. sure why this movie's not more popular with people who love those crazy cage freakouts but Oh, there's also um, Richard Jenkins is in here as a young Richard Jenkins, who's like one of my favorite character actors. Oh, yeah. With hair? Yeah, with hair. With hair. Um, John Lovitz talked about this, and he said that the director did not actually direct much of the film. He told the cast to do whatever they wanted, and apparently Nicolas Cage ended up directing some of the film as well, just like because he wanted to. But this is a, a really, like light-hearted silly crime caper that you got funny christmas sweaters you got them robbing the bank on christmas eve because it's going to be dead it's just there's a lot of christmas worked into it and i think that makes it much more enjoyable that's awesome i mean gal is a weird gal is a weird guy we uh i i did i i, I dug into him when we did uh we did wise guys uh-huh. on yeah. um, into the cinemat over the summer and he's he's kind of a he's a he's a very very odd guy i mean he that asked me to walk on set and be like yeah just do whatever you want nicholas cage yeah. here's the camera yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah i i, I can imagine I, I would i would love to see nicholas cage in charge of a film oh, especially yeah. one that he wasn't planning on being in charge of i think that would be i would i would have loved to have been a, a fly on the on the walls there no that kidding been, i just imagine he would be like caster troy behind oh, on set I, I imagine that that was the most honest performance he's ever given <laughs> to me that is who he is i imagine him you know being that loony and and singing at the top of his lungs all the time and you know and just creepy as fuck I, I hope so i really hope so i didn't see his new movie did you see his new movie 
unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. I did see it. I own it. I love it. And I think, yeah, yeah I absolutely think you should watch it. It's such a good, like, buddy comedy. I really, really want, I love the, I love the premise. I loved everything about it. I was like, I really got to see this movie. I just haven't had a chance to do it yet, but all right. Yeah. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it before, before Christmas movie season sets in. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Make time. It's make, awesome. I'm a little break. I get, you know, my November is my little break. Cause I have very few, I only have a few Thanksgiving movies that I watch. So it's like, I can have, I have space to watch other stuff. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. At number three, give us something else to watch during this holiday season. Number three, I, 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 I don't know many people who watch this one. Um, I, again, I feel like it's a movie that, that uh, uh, fell through the cracks. Might be a little touchy given the, given the current climate of, you know, Kevin Spacey and whatnot, but the ref. First came the insult. Then came the injury. But when it came to taking hostages... Wow. I suppose you'll use this drama as a reason to have another affair. I just go on over and get it over with. Hasn't he suffered enough? It shows me because I was a little... Shut up! Hi, Jack. Yeah. Dennis Leary. You know what this family needs? A mute. The Rat. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 11th at a theater near you. Yeah, this, this, this is a great movie. It's about a, a troubled couple and they get taken hostage by a uh, a jewel thief played by uh Dennis Leary and Dennis Leary is basically the ref as he is he hijacked the worst possible couple he could have possibly kidnapped and they they're just arguing and bickering and they're again just constantly fighting and giving him more trouble and his partner left town and He's just stranded and 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 spends all of Christmas Eve with this couple, and then their family that comes in and they start to, uh, you know, infiltrate. And they, he plays like their 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 uh, relationship therapist and whatever. It's 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 a funny, it's a fun movie. It's a little uh, too Dennis Leary at times, like especially at the beginning. Yeah, it's like okay, Dennis Leary's being Dennis Leary here, but once you kind of get past that and you kind of get into the whole story. And and you kind of see where he's gonna where he's at. I love it. I think I again, it's a movie. I it grows on me every year, and every year I actually look more forward to seeing it. Which means if I look forward to seeing it, it means it's gonna kind of get pushed down to more main event status. Sure. So that's kind of that's kind of trouble. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I love the ref. And if you looked at the poster for the ref, you would never know that it was a Christmas movie. Oh, never, never know. And but it's so it, and it but it has that warmth of a Christmas movie. It does absolutely all of these characters. It's got that that kind of warm white light for most of the uh, most of the Christmas lights. It, it's funny, I you know I, when I decorate for Christmas, I don't like white lights generally. But in movies, I need to have white lights. They need to all be you know. I like the 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 white lights are perfect for a Christmas movie, and yeah, I, I I it's it's so much fun and it's a great yeah it's a great vehicle for uh for dennis leary i think definitely and you get to see him uh try to try try to escape in a santa suit yes oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yep yep and uh, also again a great supporting cast um uh in there not a lot of familiar names but character um, actors yeah you know but uh, uh still just a lot of fun and yeah 
yeah it's a it's a good one good choice jk simmons first role in that movie oh yeah that's right yeah yeah <laughs> he's funny <It's> awesome. <laughs> the colonel also seeing him with more hair than usual too like oh i know he's got the wrap around there but that's more hair than i've ever seen him with in any movie so that's the ref. Um, yeah, that's that is definitely an underrated Christmas movie. More people need to yeah. watch that. Yeah. Um, my number three is the the only straight up horror movie on my list. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, this one's fun though. Uh, this one came out in 2019, and it's called Death December. To have things the way they were. Anything. Come on, we still need jelly donuts and extra candle holders. Pedal faster. What's the agreement? We split everything 75-25, and then it's Merry Christmas to all. 11 years, a good riding partner, that's something. Merry Christmas. So, Death December is a Christmas anthology horror movie that is designed like an advent calendar. There's no like thing that threads them all together aside from it's an advent calendar. So, there's 24 different stories over the course of like 2 hours. And I I love anthology films. Do you like anthology movies? They're not always my favorite. They're not always my favorite. I feel I do. I kind of feel a little gypped by them. Oh, because almost like I'm, almost as I'm getting into it, and I'm in, I'm kind of getting uh, uh, into the style of of the director making it, and then all of a sudden, I'm out of it. It's like, oh, we got to go on to the next movie. This yeah, one's over. Yeah, I can see that. I there are you know I do like I I I give them I always give them a chance because I'm always of the idea that this sh- I should like this. Because I always love, I love short films and I love, I love all that stuff. But for some reason, more often than not, they just don't fully click with me. But I'm going to give this one a try. I'm always, I'm always going to give them a try. I, I like the anthology movie just because if I don't like something, I know it's only a couple of minutes before I'm going right. to get something right. else. And that is true. With anthologies, there are, I mean, you watch ABC's of Death or you watch uh, the VHS movies, Creep Show, even. There are yep. some like misses in there and there are some misses in this one too, but I think that the good ones really make up for it. And again, if you don't like something, it's going to be over in like five minutes. Right. Right. And there, so like I said, there's 24 in here, a couple of standout stories real quick. The there's one called Christmas on fire. That's <laughs> less of a horror one and more like a bloody crime story that takes place in a jewelry shop on Christmas Eve. And it feels like reservoir dogs, like Tarantino ish which is really cool. That's cool. That's very cool. There's one called um, Valancios, I think. It's about a family whose kid is dying, and they find out that the only way to keep their child alive is to keep Christmas carolers singing. And there's like a very demonic twist to it. Um, Oh, my God. There's one called Family Matters that we've all gone through, I think, which is about meeting the in-laws for the first time during the holidays, and then things just start getting crazier and crazier. Uh, there's claymation in there. There's stop motion animation. Literally, there's something for everybody in here. Um, there's like okay. a weird twisted Gumby style story, and you will f- you will see a clay dick in there. Oh my god! <laughs> Perfect. 
All right. So that's a Death Sember from 2019 at number three for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. I, 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 again, I, I, I always, I, I've seen, you know, I'm a sucker for it. Like I want to, I want to like them, but there's just something weird that I, I, I can never get fully invested in whatever's going on. Like I've, I've seen ABCs of death. Um, I've, I've seen, I saw one of the VHSs. Uh, what, what, I, I mean, they're all, they've all got someone like having sex and turning into a demon, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I remember I saw one of them that did that, that I was like, Oh, this is, this is really good. And then, um, like, uh, isn't, isn't trick or treat kind of an anthology film? Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I probably like that one the most out of the anthology movies. Like I, even the, even the higher class ones, like the, uh, uh, the, the Paris one where you had all these A-list directors. Oh yeah. I was like, eh. It's like, I just didn't, I don't know. I, I just, it, it just fell flat for me. I like the, I, I like to watch these during the holidays cause you, you're always busy during the holidays. So like, you know, you're doing stuff and if you, you know, you want to watch a real quick five minute segment while you're wrapping a present or yeah. something it's easy to ignore the ones you're not into and, and right, pay attention right. to the ones you are that is true you could, yeah it's a very good point that you can really just go in and out like yeah you don't have to really pay attention to the whole thing right or follow the whole story you can just have it on and and catch what you get that's good yeah yeah so that's december at number uh three for me number two getting to the heavy hitters here number two Again, from my Shane Black quadrilogy, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no. We're not ready for your audition. Just take him. He's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much, I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. She thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. My sister. Now, again, this is this is a movie of its time. It is a movie that, again, with the with the social and political climate that we've evolved into over the last five years, even it just doesn't, you know, you if if you if someone who wasn't alive in 2005 watched this movie, it would probably be the most offensive thing they've ever seen. The most offensive thing. Like, I, 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 for me, I can say, fortunately, I watched it in theaters in 2005, so I can kind of, like, forget, you know, what we are, where we are now and kind of live in, in, live in it as a, uh, as, a, as, a, as a period piece. <laughs> a time capsule. Of uh, yeah, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's about a uh, a petty thief who... <laughs> a pre-Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. This is a pre-Iron... Yeah, it's a pre-Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. Um, 
who who this 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 robbery goes bad and he ends up stumbling into and i don't ever understood this at all i don't understand the part at all but he it, it's obviously the middle of the night okay it's like i think he even says like 11 or, or midnight yet he stumbles onto an audition there's a film audition happening that's not how you auditioned for your commercials no, and stuff in the middle of the night <laughs> I, I have yet to have an audition that takes place in the middle of the night. No, that, that, that one's a new one for me. Um, but, you know, he gets into the audition, but, and because he's so warped, his, and he, like, he's reading the script and it reflects what just happened to him and he gets totally freaked out. Um, and he has this brilliant audition. Everyone's like, oh, wow, like he's like Brando. And they sent him to LA for a screen test and he's at this party and it turns into this 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 uh kind of private eye buddy buddy film yeah and it's all over the place but it's not hard to follow either like there are so many twists and turns and it's 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 just kind of a celebration of you know those uh kind of pulp detective novels like you know ones you'd buy at a at a at a grocery store back in the day you know just for cheap and it, it's a it's got like you said robert downey jr you've got um uh, a val kilmer in again it's <laughs> it, it, it's not something he could get away with now um for a multitude of reasons <laughs> to mention that, right? had cancer and he can't speak anymore but sorry val um but you know also again just because of the content but he's so fucking funny it might be one of my favorite val kilmer performances oh it's one of mine for sure he's just like the the dialogue is so rapid fire when he may, when he's walking through the bar to robert downey jr and um and what's her name Oh, uh, Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan, and and he 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 insults someone who's off screen, and then he ducks as a glass is thrown over his head <laughs> from the woman that he just offended. I mean, it is. I I I can't tell you just how much I love this movie, and again, it's. It's not going to be for everyone's taste. I really should have put this on my list. <laughs> it's so good. Val Kilmer's name in the movie is Gay Perry. Yes. Like that's what he goes by as the yeah. cop. Yeah. And you're right. That that probably wouldn't fly today, but it's played so um it's like so lighthearted that yeah. I still even with the current climate, I still really <laughs> love that that name, that role. And just the way he and Robert Downey Jr. play off of each other, like they haven't seen each other for a bit. And I remember he says something like, hey, Perry, still gay? And Perry says, no, it's just a, I just like the name. I'm swimming in pussy. He goes, yeah, I'm knee deep in pussy. I just like the name of it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, oh my God. Such a, such a good line. This is, this is a good one. I totally forgot that this was a Christmas movie. I should have looked just, I, you could honestly do like a top five Shane Black Christmas movie list. Um, I have my four. This is this is this and Lethal Weapon. I have, and then Iron Man three. Yeah, Iron Man three was one that I considered for this list as well. I love Iron Man three. Iron Man three is an underappreciated movie. 
It is, and Iron and this movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, is probably what got Shane Black the job for Iron Man three. I honestly, in my opinion, Shane Black should be Robert Downey Jr.'s personal writer for everything. Like Agreed. whatever movie he's on, Shane Black should be writing Robert Downey Jr.'s dialogue because it's always money. Hundred percent. I I love the dialogue even in Iron Man three, and yep. I know a lot of people shit on Iron Man three, but I really liked it. I think it's great. I mean, I, I, they, they never really, when I see them in theaters, they never, like, it didn't really live up to my expectations, but then I watch it. I mean, I watch it every year for the, for Christmas and I, I, it's, it's so great. It's so much fun watching, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and, and, and uh, Don Cheadle and like kind of everybody just kind of playing off each other. And it's, it's great. I mean, I know people didn't like the whole extremist thing and because it wasn't the same as in the comic book, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. It's fine for me. (laughs) That's a, that is an amazing number two. Um, My number two is the first animated movie on my list. Well, really the only animated movie on my list. This is from 2019. It's a Netflix movie called Klaus or Claus. Have you seen this one yet? I have not seen this one. Um, hello, Jesper Johansson, postman. Uh, Mr. Klaus, you have a gift. You were meant for making toys. So I figured if you donate your old toys, I'll deliver them for free. Tonight, I go with you. There's no need for you to come with me, really. Tonight, then. You're too far. You're gone. All right. This is one that that I think you're going to want to watch this season because you can watch it with the whole family. Okay. This is essentially a Santa Claus origin story. I get really nervous when I jump on Netflix and see it's a Netflix original because most of the time Netflix's stuff is not great. So I think I put this on like two years ago when it came out. My kid was like one and a half or, or two. And he wasn't really paying attention, but I was like, you know what? I want to put on something Christmassy, and this one looks looks good. It had good voice talent. It's got Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Yeah. Simmons, Rashida Jones. Um, so, I, so I tossed it on, and it is a beautiful, hand-drawn, animated movie that stunned me at how good it was. Wow. It's about this this little town. Well, it's it, like way back 19th century Norway, and it's about this kid who is he's entitled he's this lazy son of the royal postmaster general and he the the dad sends him out to the distant northernmost town of Smearnsburg and his goal is you got to get 600 or no 6000 letters sent out of that town for the year and if he can't do it he's going to be cut out of the family fortune so his motivation is just like i need to get 6000 letters sent or i'm going to be cut out of the will and when he gets there, he realizes that nobody's sending letters because there's two clans of two families in that town, and each, both families hate each other. 
like to the point of violence. Wow. And so nobody's writing letters. And so he's he's trying to find somebody to send a letter and he stumbles on a guy named Klaus that lives in an isolated house on the outskirts of the town whose home is filled with handmade toys. And I'm not going to tell you why there are toys in that house. You have to watch it to figure that out. But this is a it's a really really funny movie. It's got comedy for adults and for kids. And it's also like depressing at times but it's it's depressing in a way that's still appropriate for kids yeah. they're not going to under, understand the the darker bits yeah. it is just a really neat spin on a classic character and if you like the emperor's new groove i think you'll really like this movie and it's like i said it's a plus that you can watch it with the whole family that's cool no i i didn't you know you're right it is a little netflix is a little iffy when it comes to their movies they have such great tv shows but then their 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 movies can be a little a little kind of half-assed in a way yeah but, uh, i'm this is intriguing I'm, I'm i'm on the imdb page right now and just kind of skimming through it and and i'm 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 digging this um we're gonna it's watch really it. good it was nominated for best uh animated feature that year it lost i, I think toy story t- toy story 4 beat it but oh, i God. honestly i think it should have won yeah you're never gonna beat a toy story though yeah <laughs> yeah it's not that's gonna, a losing battle yeah like if you honestly if you know you know any any filmmakers any animation filmmakers come out there if you know a toy story movie is going to come out on a certain year just don't make anything just don't make it it's not gonna just happen. delay it delay just, it a year delay it one year nothing should come out it's not gonna <laughs> happen unless it's another pixar movie just let them kind of fight amongst themselves exactly <laughs> jp sorrow jp sorrow we are at our main event what is number one on your top five underrated Christmas films list? I saw this movie when it came out, and the funny part was I had just come back from Europe, and I had been told by the person that I was visiting in Europe that about this movie coming out because it took place in her native country. And it was the one place that she and I didn't get a chance to go to when I was uh, with her in Belgium back when that was. And I saw the movie and it still gave me the vibes and the, and the, the memories and kind of that warmth of being in Belgium, despite having not gone to this particular town, but in Bruges. How to hide out in Bruges. Where's that? It's in Belgium. Blend in with the tourists. Been to the top of the tower? Well, you lot ain't going up there. What exactly are you trying to say? There are a bunch of elephants. Conceal your identity. Mr. Blakely? Yes. No, Mr. Cranham. No. Yes, Mr. Blakely? Yes. And stick to your getaway plan. I'm gonna go back to my room, see if I can escape. Okay, on account of one, two, three, go. Who says it? Oh, you say it. One, two, three, go! In Bruges. What is your name? Derek Pearl. Pearl. Rated R. It's so good. And it's just a, a perfectly written movie. It's a, the, the way things pan out, it's not, none of these people, none of the characters are at the whim of the plot. They make choices and the choices are just generally bad. Yeah. <laughs> they just make bad choices. And so bad things happen to them. And it's like, if all these people made like one different choice, they'd be they'd be fine but they don't and so it just ends up being a complete clusterfuck for all these people but it's about two hitmen who are hiding out because of a bad hit and uh the two hitmen are Colin Farrell, Brennan Gleeson it's um and and their boss is is I don't want to say cuz it's it kind of is a, it's a it's a surprise you know when it, when you kind of see him for the first time it's like I can't believe 
recognize his voice at all. For the most part, you just you hear his voice, and then you see him, and it's like, oh shit. Um, and it, it, it is so. And the and the woman the the woman who played uh, Fleur Delacour in the Harry Potter movies, I can't remember her name. Chloe. No, that's her character name. Clement um, Clements. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's great. Clements, She's uh, great. Pose, Posey. Yep. yep. And it, it, Martin McDonough wrote and directed it, so that alone should sell you on it. But it's just awesome. It's so well, it's so beautifully shot. There's not a dull moment, and it's it's refreshing to see again these the like the movie play out because of choices, as opposed to you know you know these things have to happen, so they have to happen, and they're going to fall into it. It's like no, he made a choice to do this, and therefore all these repercussions happened. It's it's just it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, and I again another one I watch every year, every year, and I I, I don't even think, know if people even watch this one as much at all you know given his other stuff I just people should <laughs> it's, it's a great great movie it is i love this film uh it's one of my favorite colin farrell performances for oh, sure hands down like you said all of this would have been avoided if they would have just sat around and did nothing yep <laughs> like, yep just relax and do nothing i totally forgot this was a christmas movie totally another totally one qualifies at least with my with my with with my uh, uh, requirements, it totally qualifies. Sure, but, sure. I mean, and Bruges is so beautiful. I mean, it's such a beautiful uh, uh, city. The way they they and I was I was so bummed. Like we were, you know, she and I were going to go, my friend and I, but we just never got a chance to. And uh, uh, just went all over Belgium, but just not to Bruges. Next time. Next time. Next time. All right, my number one, I I am really excited to tell you about because I think this one, just based on what I know of you, this one is going to be right up your alley. Okay. Um, this is, I, I hope you haven't seen it, but uh, if you have, I, I'm sure that you will share in my excitement <laughs> of 2017's Anna and the Apocalypse. New Zombies. Not zombies. Oh, right, because that's perfectly normal. Hey, zombies, right? It's crazy. I know. We are not opening the doors. My little girl's out there. I'm getting my dad, all right? How are we going to get past all the zombies? I just had the best idea ever. This is the stupidest idea ever. All right, losers. I have not seen this. Okay, I think I think you in particular are going to really enjoy this. Okay, here's the the uh, the genre that list that's listed on IMDb: a, a horror comedy holiday musical. I mean, <laughs> if that doesn't sell you, did I make? I, I wow. It's like I said, right up your alley. And when you started, when you started saying you're number one in Bruges and you were talking about Europe, I was like, oh, this takes place in Scotland. Do we have the same number one? <laughs> uh, I, I almost thought we were going to match up there. Oh my God, that would have been hilarious. This is about a group of students, high school students in Scotland. They're about to graduate and they're kind of wrestling with stuff that high school students wrestle with, like coming out to your crush, taking a year off before going to college finishing your final film project for classic, all that, that kind of stuff. And so they're getting ready for the school's annual Christmas show. And then a zombie outbreak happens. And 
again, this is a musical. So there are musical moments where people are stopping, turning, singing to the camera. And the music is really good. It's music that uh, after my wife and I watched it, we would, you know, we threw the playlist on iTunes or on Apple Music and like would play it in the car. It's that good. Really? It's um, really funny. It's also really dark, which leads to tough moments because the characters in the movie, they're really well realized and you're going to grow attached to some of these people. And it's a zombie movie. Some of these cats are going to die. Yeah. Not everyone makes it out of it usually most people don't make it out of a out of a zombie movie yeah yeah um the director his name is john mcphail he cited west side story the breakfast club the rocky horror picture show and the musical episode of buffy the vampire slayer as his inspirations you could tell he's a horror fan like ton of nods to horror films in here um it's just a really really fun music driven movie there's a um there's a scene called uh the song is called turning my life around where the main character, Anna, walks outside in the morning, like eager to start the day and starts singing about changing her ways. And in the background, there's just absolute carnage that she's not paying attention to. It's it's that kind of movie. There's also another song called uh, Hollywood Ending, which takes place in a cafeteria and has these kids singing about, you know, there might not be a happy ending to this story. And they even mention in the song, like, this isn't Disney. Uh, this is not a family-friendly film. It's super gory. Yeah. It is very bloody. And some of the songs, like there's a, a song that they're going to sing at the Christmas play that's all about Santa banging Mrs. Claus. That's awesome. It's it's so good. Uh, I highly recommend, especially for you, go yeah. watch Anna and the Apocalypse this season. You will not be disappointed. I'm putting all of them on the list. Like this is this is awesome. This is great. That's going to be one you're going to love. I'm going to look at I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for for zombie movies zombie movies are some of my favorite horror movies as it is so to have this and christmas and a musical i might be even be able to get my wife to watch this one she hates, <laughs> horror, movies. She hates horror movies but so does mine so does mine but musical she might be able to get through it she probably would yeah mine uh, is not a fan of horror movies either and she really liked this movie so uh, i think it's a safe one to play with your wife this is this looks great oh yeah i'm gonna check this one out so that's my number one, Anna and the Apocalypse. I know you kind of mentioned you had some uh, honorable mentions. What are some of those that you wanted to mention that didn't make your list? You know, one of them that came to mind, because you, you mentioned uh, uh, the night before, and I thought, you know, there's one There's one that, again, I don't think it did very well, and I don't think people liked it so much. Office Christmas Party. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's not a, a, a smart movie. It's it, it's with you know Jason Bateman and um, a bunch of you know kind of SNL esque comedy actors and Olivia Munn and Jennifer Aniston and um, uh, one of the guy the guy who's arrested now too what's his name oh shoot there's <laughs> there's too many to like go through the but uh, uh, he got in a lot of trouble um, the guy. He was in the Deadpool movies too. He's like his little his buddy. Oh, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Yeah, and and he's in and he's just and even has um uh uh guy from Glory and Hunt for October. I can't think of his name. I wish it was Sean Connery, although no. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was like you don't see him in movies that much anymore. But yeah, it is. I just get a, it just feels like Christmas and it's, and it's about this, this failing tech company 
and they are and and Jennifer Aniston is 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 TJ Miller's older sister and they hate each other and so she's closing down their branch and there's no Christmas party that's going to happen and and he's like well fuck this I'm going to do it anyway and it just turns into this absolutely raging monster of a party so much shit happens it and the the um what the hell's her name um Kate McKinnon is just money as an hr person i love like, her she, she's so awesome and she's she goes from being her you know the the typical hr person to just losing her mind and just going off the walls courtney b vance courtney b vance is the guy i'm thinking of courtney b vance i haven't heard that name in a long time i know right and he plays <laughs> kind of a critical character in this movie and it's just like I don't know. It's great. It's so much fun, and and um, like Jillian Bell's in it, and um, uh, tons of 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 comedy names are in it. I just I I feel like it just got a bad rap, and I don't know why people don't like it or didn't like it or didn't see it because I I watch it, and it's one of the ones that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this one again Christmas season. I want to watch it again. <laughs> I watch. Right, I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, I think you should. I wanted to keep my list really varied. I had a couple of horror movies that I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Um, P2 is one that made one of my lists early in the year, so I didn't put this on on this list, but P2 is like a parking garage horror movie where okay. a lady's trapped in the parking garage, and the bad guy in the movie is Wes Bentley from American <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> okay, yeah. There is a whole scene where he sings an Elvis song to her, the whole song, like four minutes, and dances while she is tied up to a chair, and it's worth watching it for that scene alone. Wow. Um, so that's a good one. There's another one called Better Watch Out from 2016, I think. It's almost like a uh, it's like a sadistic babysitter type of movie. Okay. Uh, and that, that's really It's got a really great kill in that movie, uh, featuring a, a Home Alone nod. So, uh, oh, that's always that, a winner. Yeah, that's a fun one. And then there's a movie from the 80s called Don't Open Before Christmas, which is like a uh, slasher movie about a guy who hates all Santa Clauses and he just goes on like a murderous spree to kill Santa. Any, any, any kind of, um, you know, crazy guy who is obsessed with Santa in some way, that's a winner. That's a winner for me. <laughs> totally. Uh, you know, it's the one, it's, it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie, but I, 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 it's a, it's a filler movie, but I, I still, I, I kind of like it. Reindeer games. Oh yeah. Reindeer games is fucking Reindeer awesome. Games. <laughs> Reindeer games with Ben Affleck and Charlize Theron and, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Gary Sinise. Yes. It's so, it's so ludicrous, but it's like, you know. And it's a shame that that's John Frankenheimer's last movie. Oh, my God. I forgot that was Frankenheimer. That's his last movie. You know, I have a confession to make about that movie. It took me like 15 years to realize that they were named Nick and Rudy after St. Nick and Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. But it is fun. It's a really fun it movie. It is. I, it's like it's this weird, you know, it's it's a weird, it's a it's a stupid heist movie where the twists are you know they have twists and they try to matter and it's it's fun it, it's just it, 
it's just fun. It's 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 good fodder to kind of like have on, and and I and you know it's one that I, I put on. I'm always you know I always put on the action Christmas movies for sure. They're gonna go on, and and yeah. JP, thanks for coming on again. Another amazing list. We nice. we didn't have any crossovers, so people have all kinds mm-hmm. of movies to watch. You got like one week before Christmas. Go find something on our list here and yeah. watch it. Seriously, they're all they're all good. I'm 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 gonna dig into this list for sure that you gave me. Yeah, I got I got some from yours that I gotta toss on as well. Um, now, in between movies, you're gonna want to listen to some podcasts, and what better to listen to than the Lapsed Fan? What can people look forward to over on the Lapsed Fan uh, aside from Black Saturday? I mean, we got the Christmas show. Black Saturday, we're gonna have a couple Christmas episodes. Uh, for sure, one of them is opening. Uh, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a show of Jack and myself. If you're into this, opening gifts that our listeners have sent to us. We actually we have like about 25, I think, right now. Wow, 25. I have a pile in my office of of these gifts, and it's like they've been it's been building since the summertime. And <laughs> um, you know, we get a we get a whole back catalog of stuff. We're we're doing some exciting exciting things coming up. And I would say, you know, if you are a wrestling fan, you should listen. We're, we're doing a big, uh, we're starting off the year pretty strong and we're going in a direction we've never gone before. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And people have been requesting something like this, and this is probably the only way we're going to open up to this new part, this new, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want to give it too much away, but we're, we're doing something different. That's what I'll say. Awesome. Can't wait. And I would say, even if you're, if you're not a wrestling fan, but you used to watch a little bit of wrestling still totally a, a show that you're going to dig. I, I, I agree. I think that there is a, uh, there is a lot. I mean, we're, we're called the lapsed fan for a reason. These are we're people who don't watch current product for the most part and current wrestling product. And we, we, you're going to learn something. I have to say, you know, my, my co-host Jack, he is a, he's a research fiend and he goes in and it's not just, you know, it's not just our opinions on the show. It's yeah. a, a historical review and not just as to the wrestling element of it, but what was actually going on in the towns, like how were towns responding to these wrestling shows happening and, and all the, the, the kind of real life stories that took place uh, surrounding, surrounding each, each and every show. And, and it's, uh, there's always something fascinating. It's amazing how even the smallest shows have some kind of historical value to them and uh and then also if you if you like movies you can you know i have we do have our our other uh uh show on patreon.com exclusively for patreon on patreon.com slash the lapsed fan under the cinemat where i do the research on movies featuring wrestling elements and uh that's a lot of fun we just finished scary movie season a little well over there and we're we're doing uh we're doing uh, uh, our Christmas movie season right now. All right, let me recap before I get you guys out of here. Number five for JP was The Long Kiss Goodnight. Number four, Enemy of the State. Number three, Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey in The Ref. Number two, Shane Black's 2005 film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And finally, his number one pick was In Bruges. My picks were at number five, The Night Before. At number four, Trapped in Paradise, a Nicolas Cage film. At number three, the anthology film Death December. At number two, Klaus, which you can find on Netflix. And at number one, 2017's horror musical comedy 
Christmas film, Anna, and The Apocalypse. Make sure to check out J.P. Sorrow and Jack Encarnacio on The Laps Fan, where you can listen to their multi-part Christmas show titled The Unwrapping, and tons more. You'll find links to everything down in the show notes there. Executive producers on this episode include Peter Beta from the Middle Class Film Class podcast, Musa Mahmood, Rupert Bumblestein, Ryan Goland of the New World Pictures podcast, and Carlos Mota. Again, thank you so much for your support. If you want to join the Patreon listeners and unlock a whole bunch of bonus content, head to patreon.com backslash force5. If times are tight and you can't support Force 5 with your hard-earned cash, I get it. It's the holidays. What I really want from you under the tree is a review. Just review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends to listen to the show. Those two free, simple things really help me out. They help my show audience grow, and uh, they get me up in the rankings. You can find Force 5 on social media, at Force5Pod on Twitter, at Force5Podcast on Instagram, and you can always talk film with me on the Cinematics Facebook page. The intro and outro today come courtesy of Nate Spears, and the Top 5 list bumper was produced by me with music by Audio Binger. And with that, listeners, I will say Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night.